You're listening to Bad Bitch Therapy, where the bitches are bad and so is their uneducated advice. But pull up a seat and pour yourself a drink anyway, because even the baddest bitches need a little therapy. What up, bitches? We're back again, even though technically we're a week late and I didn't let anyone know on our social media. (laughs) That's true. I forgot we did not post anything. Listen, I got sick, and no one wants to hear a sick voice on a podcast. You well, you got sick. Your son had an ear infection. Like that was a rough week. So sorry, I'm moving my mic closer and adjusting. Yeah, and you know what? Why that's gonna happen, guys? Because we are working full time, and we're moms, and. This is a hobby because we yep. don't make money from it, unfortunately. Also, if I'm too echoey this week, I, I tested it. I really think it sounds okay, but I am in like a big room. I'm recording at the brewery because... Live on the scene. I don't have privacy at, at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have uh, privacy at my house. You would hear children screaming and not like, oh, they're like in the background an occasional scream. Like, no, my two-year-old, if he knew I were in the house, would just literally not stop banging on the door. <laughs> So he loves you. He's so obsessed with me. <laughs> How embarrassing. How embarrassing for you. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what she says to him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um yeah, so we missed a week and like we said it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Um okay, so we're going to catch up with pop culture news, which we only saw a couple things over the last couple weeks but the first one we're doing bad bitch of the week to niecy nash because she's freaking amazing when she accepted her Mm -hmm. emmy and said what all women should say and said i want to thank me (laughs) and thanked herself yeah most importantly i want to thank me she made like she thanked a lot of people but i just love that she was like most importantly i want to thank me because like what a bad bitch moment it was and to take you know? it in front of everybody, that's what I loved about it most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she also brought, like, awareness to, like, uh, previous black women, like Breonna Taylor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was just overall, like, that's, like, the best bad bitch moment. But overall, it was just such a bad bitch speech. Yes. Like, her energy. I love it. Same. So she's our bad bitch of the week. (laughs) And I guarantee you we won't have a bad bitch every week (laughs) because we're terrible. No, it's just when we see stuff we like. We're not doing research for this, okay? Are you paying me to do this podcast? No. Oh, my gosh, yes. And when I say things like pop culture related, I feel like before people would always be like, that's not exactly it. And I'd be like, listen, I'm not the actual news reporting on things. (laughs) We're a podcast with two women with no, like, we don't have, like, a degree in this and we're not getting paid, so we didn't get a broadcasting degree. I am not a journalist, okay? I repeat things. We bought mics off of Amazon. What do you expect from us? I repeat things that I think I remember reading. That's the extent of my knowledge. (laughs) I think that I remember reading it somewhere. We should just, like, royally fuck it up, you know? (laughs) Um... But one of the bigger things that I wanted to talk to you about was Simone Biles' husband um, and what he had said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, okay, everyone's making a big deal that he said, like, he's the catch. But I think it was, like, as the interview went on where it got, like, really bad because he said that he thought 
The man yeah. is always the catch. Like, I thought at first he was just kind of being playful, like, no, I'm the catch. Yeah. And then... <laughs> yes. Like, initially I listened to it thinking, like, oh, I'm probably not going to agree with these people. Sometimes people just go too hard. Like, he was probably making a joke and they're blowing it out of proportion. No, like, he was serious and then doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what he, what really, like, set me off is that he said he didn't know who she was when he first, I was like, there's no way. And then he said, like, I don't even, I don't even watch anything to do with that. And I know who Simone Biles I is. I know. He said he didn't watch gymnastics. And it's like, but she's. I don't either, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how you could possibly not know who like, she I is. Like, I still know who she is. Oh. Uh, I do guarantee, though, that, like, if I asked my husband, he probably would not know who that is at all. Really? Like, he doesn't know who anyone is. Like, we play a game where you show him pictures of celebrities, and he's like, I've never seen that person in my life. <laughs> and yes, he has. He's. We should just have him do that on the podcast for one episode for, like, I'm five so minutes. I'm so curious. He won't know who any celebrities are. Yeah, I'm are. so curious, like, how, how many he actually does not know. He doesn't even remember, like, my friends' names most of the time. And he goes for it confidently. Like, he'll be like, yeah, you know, Megan. And I'm like, who's Megan? Like, he's talking about a coworker, And I'm like, I've literally never worked with a Megan. I? And he's like, yeah, you look blonde hair. And I'm like, that's Paige. Like, that's not Megan. What are you? What? You're not even I am close. so good with names, but I'm terrible with faces. Like, I, well, like, I don't know. Everyone looks the same to me, relatively. <laughs> <laughs> and I you never know, remember. You know someone. where I struggle with that? I struggle with that, um, like, here, which is a military community, and, like, specifically here, like, at the brewery, because all the airmen all look the fucking same. They're all what, skinny white guys with mustaches. <laughs> and I'm like... Trying to remember who ordered what, and then you, like, literally they ordered two minutes ago. I bring out their drinks, and I suddenly, I'm like, these, you all look the same. Whose drink yeah, is this? Yeah, and then I could see them. Like, whose order did I take? I could see them a week later, and I'd be like, I've never seen you before in my life. <laughs> also, wait, was there more that we didn't say about Simone, like, what he specifically said? Well, or just she's, that like, he... okay with it from what I've read. Um, yeah, but that's also gross. Like, I just want to be like, I want to help you. <laughs> Shouldn't be okay with that. Do you not know who you yeah, are? Yeah, he said his exact quote was, <laughs> I always say the man the catch. Since when? When has the man ever been the catch? I know, I'm like, I don't even think other men would really agree with that. <laughs> like, do you know how many other men, like, I've seen on TikTok and whatever, talking about how, like, they literally, like, upgraded, like, they, they know that their wife is the catch, so now they're making jokes about how they got to do everything to make sure they keep her. Like, I'm not going to do this good That's again. That's quality men. Like, <laughs> I leveled up. Yeah. But I honestly think that that in this situation is most, like, no, most men are not, like, we're the catch. No, most men know they're kind of trash, you know? <laughs> they're like, I am just, like, this raccoon and, like, scrounging for garbage, and you picked me up and decided to take care of me. <laughs> Yes, that's so accurate. <laughs> um, speaking of the Emmys, <laughs> we have to talk about Taylor Swift. Um, the stare that she gave when um, the host, uh, what is his name? Joe King? Um, is that his name? Joe Coy? <laughs> I'm not even doing this on purpose. Is that right? 
Honestly, his name doesn't matter. He wasn't fantastic. Yeah, I know. Um, that was what was the thing for me with, like, the joke. I was like, I don't even... I don't understand it. Like, I didn't didn't land. It just didn't... Like, I didn't see what was funny. It really wasn't, like... It was just a line. It's a line that everyone says when they're at... Like, all the people that watch football say the same line of, like, oh, we see a lot of Taylor Swift or something. Like, it wasn't even, like... I don't think it was, like, this terrible, rude joke, but I also don't think it was this... It wasn't funny, and I don't think that, like, she reacted poorly to it. I feel like she's just over it because she's heard it and seen it a lot, so, like, she doesn't have to laugh at it because, first of all, it wasn't funny even on its own, even if it didn't offend her, but also it like even if it did offend her like she wasn't like how dare you she just was like "Mm, okay and took a drink of her drink yeah I think all she did was not laugh at a man's joke and then it made headlines which is yes (laughs) so hilarious to me I keep looking like I'm on my phone but I have a bunch of notes and I don't want to pull them up on my computer oh no you're fine (laughs) professional recorder I didn't want you to think that I was just like yeah, what do you say? And just, this whole time, I'm, like, just secretly like seething, thinking that you're, like... <laughs> this bitch is just texting. Who the fuck would I be texting? You're right here. You're the only person I talk to regularly. Same. Same. <laughs> um, because, okay, I saw a TikTok about, like, was talking about Taylor Swift. Um, and he quoted, men can react, women can only overreact. And it is so true in this situation because... If a man did that, no one would care. Mm-hmm. No one would be like, oh, my God, he didn't laugh at the joke. Like, they would just be like, oh, yeah, that didn't land with him. He didn't think it was funny. And people would think that it was funny that he did that. But she barely makes a face, just as kind of like, oh, and takes a drink of her drink. And everyone's like, did you see her reaction? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. She didn't even do anything. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I feel like I can recall so many instances where I've felt like I've had to laugh when around a man because, like, he says something. Or even even if it's, like, I can recall several times where it was, like, something that was, like, slightly at my expense and, like, he wanted a laugh to, like, make sure it was okay. And I remember, like, feeling like I had to do that. So I feel like I feel so much respect for any woman that would be, like, I don't find that funny, so I'm not going to laugh. Because I feel like I remember, like, the pressure of feeling like I have to laugh. Well, and, like, that's what they said on that talk show, too. They were, like, whatever group of women that was. There's, like, five different shows just like that. (laughs) Um, But they said, like, uh, well, she should have just smiled. Mm -hmm. Like, how hard is it? And I'm, like, how is a woman can you say that to another like have you never just been minding your own fucking business and had a man tell you to smile how is a woman can you say that about another woman okay I, we didn't have a lot of pop culture huh for two weeks being off we're i know we didn't have anything very, if we're missing stuff like, what's happening if we're missing stuff you guys need to fill us in okay so this week we're gonna talk about our mental health or mental health in general i suppose um Obviously, like on this podcast, we want to like share a lot and be very open and that's kind of how we always have been. So I feel like mental health was like a good get to know us episode for like the second one, you know? Because other than motherhood, it's just our mental illnesses that take us over, you know? (laughs) It is who we are. It's like half of our personality. (laughs) Okay. 
I will start with my mental health. Okay. Every time I take the lead and I'm like, I will start, I feel like a bitch. <laughs> is that like a poor, like, is that like a woman thing? We've been, we've been conditioned to not want to be bossy. 100%. I feel like, yes, 100%. Like, you don't want to take the spotlight. You feel like. Like, after I do it, I'm like, oh, should I have asked her if she wanted to go first? But it doesn't fucking matter. Like, we're both going at some point. And a woman. I feel like women are, <laughs> I feel like all the stereotypes about women are like, 99% of the time they're not true because I feel like people always think that women are very like competing with one another where mm-hmm. if anything if women are competing with one another it's more of like a hard on yourself thing not like hard on the other woman yeah so I feel like women yeah. are so supportive of that in general yeah that's true that's true okay so for me I have diagnosed okay I don't really understand I guess I've been diagnosed with depression but my therapist always says it's, like, not really the focus for me because it's not really, like, the main issue for me because mm-hmm. my main issue is anxiety. Mm-hmm. And now I'm nine months postpartum, and, like, two months ago I got diagnosed with postpartum anxiety on top of regular anxiety. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's fun. Double Get an extra dose of it. <laughs> a double whammy. Damn. Yeah. You think you're anxious? Well, now you're extra anxious. And, like, so far, like, out. Like, obviously, I've had it since having her, but not the whole time. Like, I feel like when she was, like, five months, it got, like, terrible. Mm. And I wasn't on, like, a proper medication forever. They were not – I just went to bad people who, like, did not understand how to medicate me Mm -hmm. properly. And I still don't have, like, a great person. So that's, like, half the battle, too, because even if you want to get medicated, it's, like, what – like, you have to have the right provider – who's not going to rush you, who's going to talk to you, who's going to talk to you about, like, side effects, like, actually, like, take the time. And I feel like every provider is just in such a rush. Oh, man. I hate when I go to the doctor and it feels like I can't – I never feel like – whenever I go to the doctor, I feel like I've never felt like I can ask questions or anything like that. I've had very few appointments that where I didn't feel completely Mm -hmm. rushed. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, there's a train going by, you guys, so (laughs) sorry. I can't win. No matter where I am, there's just noise. (laughs) You know what's really fun is when you're singing here and the train starts going by in the middle of a song. You're like, oh, cool. I was excited to sing this song and now I can't fucking hear me. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Sometimes it works out and it's during a song that I already wasn't feeling good about. And I'm like, cool. Drown me out. (laughs) Anyway. So I'm on, I am on an antidepressant because, like, I guess I do still have, like, depression. But I really think my depression is fed by my, like, I think it's almost like a side effect of my anxiety, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, after getting so anxious and feeling those ways, I feel, like, really, like, I feel, like, a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. So I think it, like, makes me feel really depressed. And I get a lot of, like, situational depression. Like, I don't just have it all the time. It's usually, like, while I'm going through something, I get it, like, more severe than someone would feel, you know? Like, other people would be having a hard time, but I take it, like, to the next level of, like, having a hard time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I am on an antidepressant. I'm on anxiety meds, but I can't really – I don't feel like they help that much, if I'm being honest. Hopefully, I can get that Mm -hmm. figured out in the future. We'll see. Um, But my anxiety looks like – I wrote down because I was like, what is my anxiety? Because I feel like everyone has anxiety, and it presents so differently. Mm -hmm. So for me – my anxiety looks like I, like, avoid a lot of situations because I'm, like, terrified of rejection. So, like, I just completely avoid, like, putting myself out there or doing things. Like, it takes so much 
to even like to do this podcast. It took a lot of anxiety singing beforehand. Like literally I have like a full anxiety attack the day before I have to sing every time. And I've been doing it for three years. Like I relate to that so much. At what point do I get used to this? Yeah, I relate to that so (laughs) much. That resonates so much with me because I feel like to put myself out there is almost not worth it because of the anxiety I'll feel over it later. Yeah. Yeah. And then like after doing something, you're like, oh, I probably sounded so stupid when I said that or when I did that or like I don't like even going to like a new grocery store by myself. I literally just won't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. <laughs> um, also, I do have anxiety. Right. So that's a fun, cute quirk of mine. Um, don't like to go to the grocery store. <laughs> Like, for what? Like, logically, too, if I try to break it down, like, what are you afraid of? I'm like, couldn't tell you. Just feels scary. (laughs) There's no reason. They're like, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like, I know. I've already ran through that. There's really not terrible scenarios. I just don't like it. The most terrifying situation is when you have to go somewhere and you don't know the parking situation. I (laughs) <laughs> or like where the entrance is like you think a different entrance is the entrance and then you look like an idiot trying that you're like I yeah. don't know. where am I going <laughs> I like to plan out everything I need to be yeah I just I'll drive somewhere the yeah. night before I want like an aerial view yeah I'm gonna google an aerial view of this parking lot <laughs> figure out where the front door is <laughs> where I can park <laughs> yes <laughs> oh I also have anxiety attack do you have anxiety attacks so Yes, and I actually, I've had, I've always had a form of anxiety attacks um, where I feel like I would just like panic in my head, but after, since giving birth, my anxiety attacks are very much different and very much worse. Like, they feel like full-on anxiety attacks now where like I feel like I can't breathe and like I'm, it's almost like I'm like semi-blacking out because I feel like all these like my like all my blood is like rushing yeah. to my head and I can't breathe yeah and I'm just like sitting there and I'm like I am breathing but like I don't know like it's very hard to explain but they're very scary yes that's interesting because I was like I want to hear from other people all the time about what does an anxiety attack feel like for you because like is it different for all of us or is it similar to that because mine feels like yeah everything becomes like blurry like, like literally even like, I feel like my vision, like my, I can't focus and it gets blurry. I feel like I can't breathe. Hearing, hearing like, gets muffled. Yeah. It, it starts ringing almost mm-hmm. like a muffled mm-hmm. ringing. And I'm trying to like, listen to what people are saying and still function. And also I just had my first panic attack. I don't know. What's the difference between a panic attack and an anxiety no attack? One time I read that like an anxiety attack has a reason, but I'm like, but my anxiety attacks don't have a reason. So are they panic attacks then? Mm -hmm. Because like sometimes there's like a tiny, tiny thing that'll set it off. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know why I feel this way right now. And I had my first one at work Mm. and it was the worst. I don't know why it felt so embarrassing, but I'm telling you, like I literally, I was like taking really deep breaths and I was trying to just work through it for a while, drinking really cold water. And I was like, I have to go sit down in the back. And so I went to the back and sat down for a while and was like kind of near crying, but wasn't fully crying. And I was like, okay, I took like five minutes and I was like, you can go back up there. And then I went back up there and my coworker was like, everything okay. And I just started like crying, like couldn't hold it back, was like choking it back. But I couldn't get out the words to be like, I think I'm having like a panic attack. Like it just was like, I... 
uh, and I was just like, I don't know. And then I started crying and I had to go to the back. So like multiple workers, like my employees, my coworkers, they saw me crying in the back. And like one of them thought someone was mean to me because like we work in the service industry. Uh-huh. Like no one was really saying anything to me, but I knew it was being talked about because at, at towards the end of the night, my friend Richard, who works like outside out front, so he didn't know any of this happened. He came up to me. He's like, first of all, are you okay? And I was like, what? Why? Like, this was like an hour after. I was like, what? Why? And then he was like, well, so-and-so brought this up to me. They said you were crying. And I was like, fuck. Like, I really thought only like one or two people saw it. Uh, it really. And I could like get away with it. It <laughs> sucks when someone sees you crying. It absolutely, it feels so vulnerable and so uncomfortable. I feel so like exposed yeah. when someone sees me crying. It's the worst feeling, especially yeah. someone at work, because I feel like even if your job isn't in, like, the most professional atmosphere, you still, like, want to maintain. Especially, like. It's not a part of yourself you want to share at work. Right. Especially, like, being the manager. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be in control of myself a little more. So even if a customer had made me mad, and I've cried at work before from, like, issues with coworkers or, you know what I mean? But, like, I don't like those moments. Like, I want to be more in control and look, yeah, more professional, even if we're not, like, a super professional environment. And also, like, Mm -hmm. I can't – if I get to the point where I'm crying in a panic attack, I'm not going to be able to tell you what what I'm thinking or why I'm crying. Like, literally, I go, like, nonverbal, it feels like. Or I do, like, the ruminating thing where I'm, like, repeating the same phrase over and over and over again in my head. I have a question. Yeah. What's the best – what's, like, the best thing someone can do for you when that's happening? Yeah, I had a coworker ask me that. And I was like, they were like, do you want me to go away? And if, it's hard to explain because it's like, if I'm really comfortable with you, no, I don't want you to go away. I want to like give you a hug and have you just like sit there with like your hand on me and kind of like help me through mm-hmm. it. Like if I'm comfortable with you, mm-hmm. if we're not really on that level, like if we haven't hung out individually, then you can kind of know we're mm-hmm. not on that level. And like, yeah, then I want you to go away. And maybe just come, mm-hmm. you know, and even after that, like, especially at work, like, I don't want you after that to even ask me what's wrong or if I'm okay. I feel <laughs> the same way. And it sucks because I feel like so many times people don't want to be rude and they think they're being rude. Yeah. Um, but if I'm having a moment, I just need to have that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, like, there's nothing, like... Especially because, like, if you're sitting there and you want me to explain to you what's wrong, like, that's not going to happen. I can't verbalize that right now. Right. So, like, there's nothing that I can, you know? Yeah, especially, um, I don't know how you feel, but I also have anxiety. My anxiety, I guess, is, like, a little bit different because it comes from OCD. But anyway, I feel like, so I feel like for people with anxiety, I feel like it's very, we're slower to process things. Yeah. And I feel like that's why we can't vocalize stuff in the moment, especially if we're not comfortable with you, because I feel like I always need time to process things. I feel like my processing speed is so slow. So I feel like I need like at least like a couple hours after my anxiety attack to even explain like what happened or like if there is a reason like why I think it happened, like what triggered me. And, like, I need that time. I can tell you one of the worst things. It's not, like, terrible, but something that, like, isn't helpful at all when I say, if I am able to verbalize to you, like, I think I'm having, like, an anxiety attack or I think I'm having a panic attack, then the one of the harder, like, worst things that you can do is say, oh, why? 
because you're probably like <laughs> innocently just like what happened but my brain goes like you're right bitch there's no reason they are questioning you because mm-hmm. they're like why are you having an anxiety attack nothing happened and that's probably not what they're doing but in that moment my brain is like there is no reason and now I feel even more stupid Well, when you're having an anxiety attack, you're very sensitive. Like, of course you are. Because it's like, it's, like we said, it was awful. I feel like what we described, you could tell, like, how terrible that is. Like, you're feeling like you're going to pass out. You can't breathe. Like, your heart is racing. Your hearing is muffled. Your vision is blotchy. Yeah. It's like, ah, I just, I feel like for me... I really liked what you said about, like, just someone, like, touching me. Mm-hmm. I feel like with, like, just sitting there and, like, touching me, like, literally if you're just, like, putting your hand on my knee or, like, my shoulder, mm-hmm. that would, like, make me feel so much more, like, grounded. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what I would need in that situation. My friend did help me one time, which, again, this seems, right, this seems so simple, but, like, when I'm in it, if I'm not getting direct instructions or being guided from someone to do this, I just literally won't do it. I either won't think about it or I'll be like, that it's not going to work. That's not going to work this time, even though it probably will. Because she did the thing where she was like, and she's like a psychologist. So she was like, think of, like, name out loud, even if you're by yourself, three things that you can see. Name three things that you can hear. Mm-hmm. Name three in it, like, while taking deep breaths. And it is really helpful. I'm not going to say it, like, ends the anxiety attack, but it takes it down and, like, distracts your brain for a minute and makes, again, you feel more grounded. But, like, so if I'm with someone and, like, I would say give me my minute. Let me, like, try to breathe through it. But, like, maybe a few minutes into it, say, like, guide me through that. Then that's what I would need. Because I can't, like, I don't know why I can't do that on my own. Like, I can't just be like, oh, remember, Allie? There's an exercise for this. Like, I just either don't remember it or I'm like, it's not going to work. Nothing's going to fix this. I'm so extreme. And that's what anxiety, <laughs> that's what anxiety does to you though. Like yeah. it makes it feel like there is, it makes you feel like you need an answer and then it makes you feel like there is no answer. Yeah. And it's like you're living very much in like black and white and you're living in the extremes because it's such an inte- intense emotion. Yeah. I feel like anxiety, like when people talk about mental health, I feel like anxiety is so often dismissed because it's like, oh, everyone has anxiety. Yes. But I... <sighs> That is not... Everyone uh, feels anxious at some point over something. Not everyone has anxiety. And I feel like it falls on people Mm -hmm. who who brush it off, but it also falls on people who don't actually have an anxiety disorder. And they're like, oh, my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, don't Mm -hmm. quit. I don't like that. It bothers me. I'm like, don't make it... Like, I want to normalize mental health, but I also don't want to like... It's kind of like how there's like a, a lot of psychologists are like... Everyone online is over um, diagnosing narcissistic personality disorder. And they're getting like mad about it. They're like, you guys, like they might have like narcissist like tendencies, but like you can't like it's a very rare disorder. Like you can't over diagnose these people. Like you can't just call everyone a narcissist because something bad happened with them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel mm-hmm. like it's like I want it normalized, but I also don't want it to just be like this, like, aha, my anxiety. Like I want like you know what I mean like some of us are actually struggling okay I need medication yeah like you want to (laughs) be you want to be taken seriously I'm like oh are you paying 36 dollars every three months for your medicine then shut the fuck up are you in therapy every Tuesday 
<laughs> Do you know how much I have to pay for my therapist? Actually, like no joke. I because I I see Caitlin out of network. Oh shit! And for my medical insurance people, you know what I mean when I say out of network. <laughs> it means so much more expensive. But it's because I started with her, and then she left where she was working, and then opened up her own oh, like therapy yeah. office. So then she became out of network for me. And it's like, I already told this woman so much. I'm not going to start over with somebody else. So, yeah, I just have to, just have to pay. But, yeah, it's a lot. That it's sucks. Expensive. It's like $50 a session. Shit. $50 a session. So what? You're doing like weekly too? So then that's like 200 a month. Yeah. You just have to like budget in for th- just for therapy. Just for therapy. Um, we're fortunate enough. I will say that we're privileged enough to have a... Um, I don't know what it's called, but a credit card that you get for health insurance, like through work, mm-hmm. that they'll put like a prepaid amount of money on. Oh, nice. Um, so we can use that for my therapy. So yeah. it's like, but still, it's like coming out of that money, which we use for medication, which, you could, which yeah, we have be a baby using for we like to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still like it all it all comes back eventually. Yeah. But like we're obviously privileged to have that. Yeah. Damn. Mine's free. That's another Should have joined the military, like loser. Is... <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing about mental health that I feel like so many people don't realize is, like, it's a privilege to get help. Yeah. Um, like, if I wasn't... Like, a giant privilege. If I wasn't married to someone in the military, I wouldn't get... I wouldn't. Like, I just would be, like... My brain would just be, like, nah, I don't pay for that. <laughs> Because I'd have to pay, like, probably mm-hmm. pretty hefty for my medications. And then I don't even think I'd be covered mm-hmm. under therapy. So, like, I feel like I would just be like, ah, I got friends. I don't need therapy. <laughs> yeah. At the time in my life that I needed therapy the most, like, the absolute most, we couldn't afford it. So, like, I just didn't go. Oh and it was gosh. so sad because that's, like, when I really freaking needed it. Um, I guess that takes me into, like, mine. So, I have OCD um which has honestly like as of lately I feel like it's relatively like I don't like to say this but for me like this is my experience it is relatively very low like I don't feel like I struggle with it day to day I don't feel like I struggle with it at all right now in a way yeah um but when I was living with undiagnosed OCD Mm -hmm. um that was like the absolute hardest time of my life for people who don't know about OCD there's a lot of different subtypes you can have so basically there's like harm OCD where you could be really afraid of like harming yourself or like you for some reason think that you're going to kill yourself but you don't want to die um and you're really afraid that you're going to kill yourself and it scares you so much because you don't want to die and that's what OCD does to a person like it take something that's like your worst fear or like something that like you just feels like you would never be able to get over and then it uses that against you and it attacks that way yeah so living with undiagnosed OCD is really scary because you don't know what's going on um and the difference there's also like different subtypes um people can think they are losing their mind um they can think that they are I know that there's actually a lot of OCD where people think that they're 
or they're afraid that they're gay and it's not in like a homophobic way and then it makes it even worse because then when they admit that they're afraid that they're gay or like they're confused and they don't know if they're gay they feel like oh no am I homophobic too and then they feel really bad about that so then it just is like a cycle um there's it's called POCD which is pedophile OCD um where someone can like say something about a baby like oh my gosh your baby is so adorable and then all of a sudden they're like oh my god do I like children yeah it's (laughs) It's like like that TikTok I sent you of that girl where she was like I yeah and she said that she was like I avoided children for an entire year because I was like are you attracted to children like what if you are you should stay away from them (laughs) yeah and it's really sad because like it just shows like how much like you as a person would never do that because you're so disturbed by the thought of ever doing that but like how it Oh, it's like it's really sad to me because also like OCD like it has pretty high like suicide rates and people die undiagnosed because like they're so confused that they like lose faith in their, themselves oh and they God. have like no idea who they are. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like and that's how serious it is and that's why um I feel so passionately about like talking about OCD. I don't get into my subtypes because it's very personal to me but I feel so passionately about talking about it because I know that when I was living undiagnosed I lived undiagnosed for like six months to a year um when I was having a specific flare-up and it scared the shit out of me it scared the shit out of my husband (laughs) like we had no idea what was happening and that's why it upsets me so much like you were talking about how people with anxiety like Um, throw that word around Mm. and like they don't even really have an anxiety disorder well like OCD gets thrown around so much as like being the cleaning so much like like, oh I'm I'm so OCD it's like no you're not shut the fuck up yeah (laughs) so it's like I always I always want to be like when someone says I'm so OCD like I'm or like when they're like oh I'm so OCD and they're talking about like they need stuff to be like completely clean all the time like they clean their house all the time I want to be like oh so like do you think you're a pedophile because like that's right or also like like, do you think if you don't wipe down that counter like it's gonna poison your family and everyone's gonna die no then you're not OCD like yeah because I know cleaning OCD is like a thing but it's like a thing as in if you don't do something the exact right way people are gonna die Yeah, exactly. Or like you might not even know, you might not even know why you're doing it, but it's just disturbing you so much. But like people who say, I always felt like this was a really good way to describe it. It's the people who say they have OCD and they love to clean. No, if cleaning makes you feel better. Yeah. Then it's not OCD. (laughs) Yeah. Like the point is, is they can't stop cleaning because they never feel good. They never like, they're constantly afraid of something like something is triggering them to the point where they have to clean yeah I feel like my mom has like really bad anxiety and we just started pointing it out to her like as an adult I think after like more like I was diagnosed but one thing she Mm -hmm. did that was a little like I feel like if, if back in the day they actually cared about like kids mental health like they do now like where they pay attention to these things and they would have like talked to someone about what she was doing I feel like she may have early on been diagnosed with OCD because one thing like just from this one thing or just anxiety probably more anxiety but it just does remind me of like an OCD thing she had to check the oven 
and every single stovetop burner, like I'm talking, she was like little. Her siblings were like, she was like young, like like six years old. And she could not and would not go to sleep unless she could check the oven and every single burner because she was afraid it would have been left on by her or by someone or by, and like she was going to die if she didn't. That's super common OCD. Yeah. That's very common. Um, people have to take videos of themselves, like, turning off yeah. the stove and then, like, watch it later while they're at work because they don't want to physically leave work to run home to make sure that their oven isn't fucking burning their house yeah. down. Um, I haven't ever really yeah. noticed, like, I've just noticed anxiety in her over things really quickly and really easy. Like, it escalates in her mind really quick. But, like, I haven't noticed, mm-hmm. like, growing up anything is like that. So I don't know if she just, like, decided that she you know like i don't know i don't know how it worked in her brain but i'm like man you had bad anxiety as a kid and nobody noticed <laughs> like someone should have been I like working so. with you <laughs> for gen x and boomers i feel so much empathy for them yeah in the sense that they had like no one caring about like, their mental if health if you saw theo doing that as like a little boy you would be like i think let's go like talk to like a therapist like let's see why you're doing that like i just could never just like be like ah my kid's weird. He just does that. I'd be like, what's wrong that, like, you're feeling like you need to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like, when I was younger, for with OCD, I would, I had to, like, flip the light switch on, off, on. Yeah. Again, like, every time I touched the light switch because I wouldn't feel safe or, like, I thought my family wouldn't be safe. My parents definitely should have probably shaken. <laughs> just the way your mom, just the way your mom talks about like your routine that you had to have, and she was like, "We did not change the routine." She's like, "I would yell at Sean all the time if he tried to change her routine." I'm like, "It feels like your mom was just like panicked if something changed. Like she was like, she's gonna lose it. Do not change the routine." Oh my gosh! Yes, I know. I was like, like this goes back I'm so like, long. Pat, you just like went with this. Like at no point were you like. <laughs> We should figure out why she's this extreme. (laughs) They were like, this is the way it is, and this is what we do. (laughs) (laughs) I ran that house, okay? uh, A bad bitch from day one. You came in, and you were like, this is our schedule. (laughs) (laughs) That's Capricorn energy, okay? I took over. That is. I like it. I like it. I love Capricorns. I feel like I make so many Capricorn friends. (laughs) I'm good with cancers. You're a cancer. My husband's a cancer. Yeah, he is. Am I right, ladies? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. That's been my thing lately, my line. You know, you guys ever just get stuck (coughs) on a joke for, like, years at a time, and you think it's funny, and no one else... My thing is just, like, I'll say the most outlandish thing, and then I'll look around, and there'll be, like, no other men there, and I'll be like, am I right, men? Or, like, there'd be no other girl. I'm like, am I right, ladies? And it, or it'll be like the, like they're looking at us like, no. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I just say it, like, real confidently. That That's a great shtick. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be stuck on it for a couple years, for sure. <laughs> That's what I tend to do. Also. Is that a mental illness? Yeah. <laughs> I got that from my dad with the dad jokes, you know? <laughs> My kids are going to have it because Charles is, like, the ultimate dad jokes. So, I'll, and where, you know, you just, like, we go out to dinner and my dad would be like, 
you guys can have ketchup and water like as you know that's it like oh, you're gonna drink you're gonna eat for free mm-hmm. like every time <laughs> we were like we know dad we've heard this one <laughs> <laughs> Um, also both of ours, and I'm just going to speak for you here. Both of our mental illnesses make us lash out at other people. Like a thousand percent when I lash out, it's because I'm like having anxiety or just got out of like an anxiety attack. And I'm like suddenly like overstimulated and then I lash out. And I feel like you only Mm -hmm. really go through like phases. Like that's what I was going to say too, is yours just from like the outside perspective of like a friend who doesn't live with you. I feel like yours doesn't necessarily affect you every day either. I feel like you're like, you go through like phases or like you have something like like triggers it. Yeah. Like a flare up. Yeah. And then it'll, and Mm. it'll be like, it could be like a week or two or it could be like a couple months. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends. It depends. Like the severity just depends on the content usually. Um, Because... Um, for instance, a few months back, I had really terrible flare-up with OCD um, with Theo. Um, I was so freaked out that I was going to hurt him. I had really bad harm OCD. Mm. Um, and it was really freaking me out um, to the point where I was doing, like, physical compulsions. And I haven't done physical compulsions, really, since I've been a child. Yeah. Um because usually um when i say that like physical compulsions are something you do like outward like tapping the table or like i said turning the light switch on off on again um but you can also do like checking compulsions in your head and usually mine is like ruminating yeah um so i feel like that's where my ocd usually is but a few months back it was really hard because i was specifically dealing with that which is actually really common for postpartum moms so every time um a woman gets diagnosed with ocd i read that a lot of the time it's after having a baby yeah um because your anxiety like gets heightened so much and that's what ocd is is like it's a severe anxiety disorder yeah so um but yeah okay so do you go through like do you have it like I do where like my depression is more of like a side effect of anxiety? Do you feel like you go through spurts of depression or do you feel like you don't really struggle with that as much? Um, I don't feel like I struggle with depression as much anymore. So I feel like I get into like low moods. Yeah. Like I don't think I just struggle with like straight up like I'm so depressed like yeah. I can't do this anymore. Um but I think I get into, like, low moods, especially, like, this time of year because it's, like, just, like, dark outside all the time. It's cold outside all the time. And I feel like I just get, like, really low. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I'm going to have for, like, the rest of my life. And that can also last, like, it can last, like, a day or it could last a couple weeks. Yeah. Or it could last a month. Like, it. Um, but I don't think it happens, like, as often anymore. Honestly, I feel like what I struggle with the most to this day, which I – wouldn't really say is like obviously a mental illness but it's like how sensitive I am I feel like I am highly highly sensitive so like even just being around people that it's like tense like for instance um I was at work and it was like a tense conversation was like taking place next to me and that just like drained me yeah and 
I felt like that like actually impacted me mentally or like oh it was so horrible um I had to for the first time um like a couple months back I had to fire somebody yeah and I felt like that like destroyed me so much if I'm being honest like just looking someone in the eyes and like telling them like you don't have a job anymore really didn't sit right with my soul like it was yeah I feel like I would find myself like thinking about it later even if they weren't like even if they weren't like even if I didn't like them and they were like a terrible worker I feel like I would still be thinking that yeah exactly because it's like and it's just like firing someone like that's the last thing you want to do like you never want to make someone feel like they're not good enough and doing that just honestly for me when I came home like it was something that stuck with me for like a couple days where it's like my mood was just gonna be low for like a few days after that um and I feel like that's why I bring up like being highly sensitive because I feel like I almost struggle with like mood um moods like that more than I struggle with like straight up depression yeah yeah I feel like um I'm also really sensitive but it's like made up sometimes Like, I don't know, like, okay, so, like, that's what I really struggle with is, like, I, you know, everyone's, like, trust your instincts, trust your gut. I think other than with motherhood, I don't really have, like, those instincts. They're they're usually, if I go and think of, like, the second thing I'm thinking of or go on the second thing I thought of or the more logical one, that's where I'm, I do better. My first instinct is always wrong. Like, people that are, like, trust your gut. I'm, like, I can't. (laughs) I'm always, no, that's I'm always convinced that's that everyone is, like, mad at me or, like, the energy has shifted and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we're literally fine. Yeah, I feel like trust your gut is different. Like, you'll know when it's your gut. Like, if you're, like, sitting there, I feel like anxiety, you can tell the difference between, like, your gut and anxiety because anxiety is coming from a place of, like, trying to scare you. Yeah. Where your gut is, like, an instinct that you, like, almost can't ignore. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But I do feel like um, your anxiety has gotten, like, because of becoming a mom or, like, just postpartum in general, has just gotten so much worse. Yeah. Um, And then I was wondering, like, for you, what is, like, the main differences in your anxiety versus Um, before? I feel like my anxiety was a lot less before. Like, I feel like... I would get overstimulated easily as part of anxiety. And so, like, I'd lash out and be grumpy. But, like, it didn't really matter, I guess, that I lashed out and was grumpy. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, I don't know. I didn't lash out on everyone. And it just didn't feel like it mattered. And, like, it was more like I can't Mm -hmm. go to a new place by myself. That makes me really anxious. I think, like, postpartum anxiety feels, like, debilitating. It feels like I'm always doing something Mm -hmm. wrong. I'm always, like, I think I'm coming out of that a little bit, but I was, like, I mean, I'm always thinking my kids are going to die. Like, my entire pregnancy Mm -hmm. with my daughter, I thought, like, she's going to die. You know, what I would listen to is I would listen to Taylor Swift's song, um, Bigger Than the Whole Sky. sky. And I would, I mean, I was Mm -hmm. actively pregnant. Like, the baby was fine and I was like preparing myself like she's gonna die and she'll be sleeping and I'm like Mm -hmm. you know like you you should want your baby to sleep through the night and I would find myself like 
she and she does she's a really good sleeper but at like three in the morning I'd be like if she doesn't move in five minutes I have to go in there or like what if she's been like it'll be like 7 a.m and I'm like waiting for her to wake up and I'm like what if she's been dead this whole time like what and, and like it's not it's like a bad intrusive thought like you're thinking through what you're gonna do in that like you're you're envisioning the entire scenario like gross stuff and mm-hmm. all you know and you mm-hmm. can't push it away so, yeah to me postpartum anxiety sounds about as intense as OCD. Yeah. Um, Like, if I had to say, because it's just, like, it feels like it's, like, more of, like, it's all-consuming for you. Yeah. And it's, like, it's attacking what you love most, most, which is your kids. And I feel like that's what OCD does, too. Like, it attacks what you love most. Like, for me, it was, like, making me think that, like, I would somehow hurt Theo. Or, like, even just, like, when I have to, like, walk down the stairs. Oh, yeah. I'm Theo envisioning, in like, hands. what happens if you just fall and you crush your kid and you, yeah. Yeah. Driving, and I'm, like, like literally earlier time. today, I was, like, what if a car just came and hit us right on the side? And, like, the last time I looked in the mirror at Charlie was the last time I saw his, like, face. See, I feel like we're both, we also really do that a lot, too, where we're, like, really morbid about yeah. it. Like, we really think into I think it about, and, like, almost, like, live through it. Yes. Like, I literally can envision, I will literally think, like, what if I'm at work tonight and I get a phone call that my mom died? And it's not just, like, oh, what if that happens? It's, like, okay, I bet I would react like this. And then I'd have to call Charles because I'd probably be reacting too big and I'd have to have him come pick me up from work because I can't drive. Like, it would literally, like, I'm thinking through every part of the scenario. And I brought it up to my Mm -hmm. therapist, like, pretty early on, like, thinking, like, it was, like, fairly common. Like, intrusive thoughts are common. I feel like intrusive thoughts postpartum are common. And the amount of how much I think about that, she was, like, that's not normal. She was like, no. And she's like, got a two-year-old. Like, she's like, that's not the common. No. She's like, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, that's not the normal. Like, that's not every woman. I am a new mom. Well, not anymore, really. So, like, he's a year now. And I'll tell you that that's not my experience, actually, at all. I just thought everyone thought like that. See, like, I had those those thoughts for a while, but they went away. Yeah. Like, they got better over time. Like, I had them for, like, maybe, like, the first, like, six months or so yeah. of and I thought that I I did think that I was struggling with postpartum depression because it got really intense but I can't say for like absolute certain that it was um postpartum depression the only reason I feel that way is because I think it was more like how bad my OCD was acting up like I said I was having fears that I was gonna hurt yeah Theo in some way yeah so I think that that really, like, contributed to it, too. So yeah. it's, like, it's hard for me to say for sure if it was postpartum depression or not. But either way, I felt that was real low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I really haven't struggled with depression in, like, a while. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. the last time I really – I don't know. I guess I was, like, a little depressed when Charles went to Korea for a year. But, like, I feel like that was, like, a good, normal, situational, like, you're obviously going to be down. You're alone with your baby and your husband is deployed, you know? Like, it was, like, a normal – I would say the last month, though, has that, been, like, the most extreme depression, and there's really not a reason. Like, it's just, like, oh, cool. It's hard to get out of bed suddenly. Uh, <laughs> that is the worst depression. That's, like, the most intense feeling, too. Yeah, and I feel like it's the first time I've experienced it since having kids, like, to this level, and it's so much worse when you have kids. I'm just saying because I feel so much guilt – for feeling depressed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally like mm-hmm. you have everything you've ever wanted. 
and you're depressed. And then I'm not as active with my kids. I'm not as, and it, like, it's like a different level. Like, I didn't feel guilt about it before. I was just like, I have depression. And now it's like this insane mm-hmm. feeling of guilt. Mm. That almost sounds like n- shame to me. Like, you're feeling, like, shameful. Yeah rather than even like guilty and I know like shame for me is like such an intense emotion because it takes over everything and that makes so much sense that it's latching on to like well you don't deserve to feel depressed because you have everything great in your life but it's like that's never the case and I feel like often women feel like that because we're supposed to be, like, everything to everybody mm-hmm. and, like, live day to day, especially when you become a mom. And then I feel like it feels even, like, selfish mm-hmm. to be depressed. But it's, like, how can a feeling be selfish? Yeah. Like, it can't. But it seriously, I feel like it's such a struggle for moms in general, like, specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, like, a whole... It's a whole different level there. We're going into like the, um, <laughs> what is that? Like the, we were joking last week that we wouldn't go into the, um, you don't understand because you're not a mom. You think you're tired? <laughs> yeah. Like, you think you're depressed? You don't even know. <laughs> I, and I mean, that's so true too. Cause like, I know people can be like depressed on, I mean, the most depressed I've ever been in my entire life was before I became a mom. But I think like depression as a mom is just such a specific um, okay we have some advice today we're gonna close it out with advice i think yes okay so our advice question is i've been struggling with anxiety and it's been affecting my relationships with my family and friends i often feel overwhelmed in social situations and find it hard to communicate my feelings effectively how can i manage my anxiety in a way that allows me to maintain a healthy and supportive relationships and how can I communicate with my loved ones about what I'm going through so my first question is like how is it affecting your relationships like that would be the question that I have like is it causing you to be around less are you being like mean or short like I get like over like I said overstimulated and I end up like lashing out at the people I'm closest to um, mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering like in what way because I think it just says like I'm a, it's affecting my relationships so my first question I often, is how. So, so I think they said I often feel overwhelmed in social situations and find it hard to communicate my feelings effectively. Yeah. So like. So maybe. Maybe they shut down a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like fair. So then maybe you're feeling like you're not like able to make the connections with people in your life or are the people in your life like getting frustrated with you? Because of your disconnection? Mm -hmm. Because that kind of sucks, too. Because, like, are you... I don't know. So, I feel like to manage your anxiety and healthy and supportive relationships, like, I feel like I'm... I'm wondering also, like, what's going on that it's affecting your relationships with family and friends. Like, because I think, like, some people could mean it in the way of, like, it's affecting my relationship with family and friends because I can't be present because social situations give me so much anxiety. Yeah. If that makes sense. And That's fair. to that, I would say I feel like there's very specific people who are going to make your anxiety high. Yeah. And I think those are the people that you maybe need to, like, create boundaries with. 
And then I think that there's people that you're going to feel safe with or you should at least have those people or try and find those people. Yeah. And I feel like that's who you should spend your time with. Um, but, like, to maintain healthy relationships, definitely create boundaries. And, like, how can you communicate with your loved ones about what you're going through? First of all, don't if you don't want to. Yep. Because you don't have to. And second, if you do, just make sure you choose who you're doing it with carefully because you don't want to experience the anxiety, like, after the fact of, like, ooh, that didn't really go well. I didn't feel safe in that moment. Yes. And then I said it anyway. Um, like, literally. So just make sure that you're in, like, a safe environment. My note that I wrote for this after, like, the questions was find your safe people and fuck the rest of them. Like, have your safe yes. people that like you and then and then honestly it is going to be work on your part like I feel like we joke and we talk about like therapy or we talk about but it is work like it's uncomfortable scenarios or or like you want to react because it's comfortable and easy for you to react a certain way or to shut down and not talk about it but it's making yourself go okay I know it's going to be good for me to talk to like my mom or my sister or my friend that I'm close with and tell them like, this is how I feel in social situations. This is what I need from you. When I'm acting like this, like I'm starting to shut down. You know what I mean? And those are like uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I say have them. And then the rest of the people, like just choose your safe people and the rest of them, if they don't get it or they don't try to understand you, like they're not seeking to understand you. Then I say they, they don't like, it's, it's easier said than done to be like, well, they don't really matter. But it's like, first of all, If you're not that close to them, they're probably also not that close to you. So there's a really good chance that half the time they're not even realizing you've disconnected because they're not like Mm -hmm. they're not connected with you in that way to realize you've disconnected, Mm -hmm. you know? That is such a powerful thing. I can like think specifically about a friend who like I felt like I was so hurt by and I was so angry about. And then, like, I know for her it didn't even, like, register at all. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it never even happened. But, like, I was so hurt Mm -hmm. by that friend. But, yeah, I like that. I like that. And, like, just, like, don't put stock into people who aren't worth it. It's kind of, like, the same thing that I have to remind myself of on a regular basis, which is, like, which is, like, um why do you care about the opinions of people who you didn't go to for advice? Like, would you go Mm -hmm. to them and ask them their advice and then take their advice? No. Then why do you care about their opinion? Like you already don't have like that level of like respect in them. So why does it matter Mm -hmm. then that they disagree with what you did? Cause you wouldn't want their advice anyway. Like, of course they're going to (laughs) disagree. They're not your people. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Well, we did it. High five. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was I feel fun. like now you actually know more about us. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like we got real this episode, so I'm glad that we decided to talk about our mental health. Um, and and then next week we're going to trauma dump. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to sit here and list every Can single terrible thing from childhood and forward. <laughs> <laughs> seriously let's do a lighter episode next week i think we'll <laughs> we'll do that <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds that sounds better but i still like this because i feel like it's really good going forward for you to know like what we struggle with and then i feel more open to like openly talk about if i had bad anxiety that week um hopefully in the next couple months i'm starting a different anxiety medicine so i can talk about that for everyone 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, just cute little girly things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on medication too. I won't leave her hanging. Yeah, I didn't say that. Come on, but yeah, I'm on medication too. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> She's like glaring at me, like, "What the fuck?" Our are medications. You doing? <laughs> 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 oh. Okay, well then we'll see you guys next week. We definitely will. Life will knock it in the way. Just kidding. I can't guarantee anything. (laughs) (laughs) We're manifesting that, okay? We will be here next week. Yes. Okay. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to Bad Bitch Therapy. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review. Until next time.